Hello, and thank you for listening to Good Times BFFs for Life's podcast. Uh, I'm Brooke. And I'm Hannah. And this is where we discuss life's topics through 40 plus years of shared experiences. On today's podcast, we are talking about another taboo subject. <laughs> and you made it sound like it was super exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Um, so want to, again, we want to thank everybody who's listened to our first five podcasts. We're at number five now and gave us some feedback. We're still trying to figure everything out. Um, you can listen on Spotify, Captivate, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and I believe Podchaser. And Podchaser is kind of where we hear comments and you get to rate how we're doing and whatever. Um, and also we have a Facebook page. So please feel free to write comments on there as well. You can email us at BFF number four life at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit harder, a lot a bit harder, a lot of it, mm-hmm. but um, it's episode six. And a couple days ago, um, was the anniversary of my sister uh, being gone. She took her life six years ago mm-hmm. um, on the 24th of April. So I wanted to um, s- explain a few things before we talk about it. Um, I just wanted to make a warning, very clear that this is probably going to be a little bit heavy, a lot of bit heavy, and um that I wanted to respect those involved uh, with the story and not give names or details of what happened. And the reason that I want to talk about it is because it's, it's a taboo subject. And I feel like in my experience with it, I have become a social pariah in a lot of um, situations with uh, family or friends, especially her friends, because, you know, nobody knows what to say or how to say anything or if to say anything. And it's very awkward. And so I want to put it out there. Um, I think it's important to talk about it. I think it's important to face that this is something that really happens in people's lives. Um, and I have nervous humor. So I apologize if I, I crack a stupid joke, but it's just kind of who I am. <laughs> I also want to respect her memory because she was an amazing, amazing light for this mm-hmm. world. And it's, it's very important to remember that. Um, this is also just my own account. I, I can't speak for anybody else and how they've handled this specific situation, but um, this is just my heart as it pertains to it. Um, and also Hannah and I are not therapists. No. Um, but so we, we, we can't give advice in a therapeutic Mm -hmm. way. Um, so take that with you as we go through it. So just our thoughts and what we have, um, what we've experienced and I have not experienced this firsthand, just like you have Brooke, but, um, you know, I've read things about it in the media and it's all terrible and sad and, we don't know what to say to people that this has happened to, but, you know, as we have just finished our book club, we talked about this book last, last podcast, the house we grew up in, it did have a character that did take his life and how it, and nobody processed this in this dysfunctional family and how it just, without processing it, without processing something like this, it can just tear your world apart. Mm-hmm. So 
in my opinion, it's very important. If, the, if you go through something as tragic as this, that you need to get help. You need to yeah. seek counseling and you need to go through the trauma counseling or the grief counseling, because it's just going to fester and fester in you. And it's not, it's going to make for a really, really hard life in my opinion. Although I do not have, I do not have any close friends besides your sister or family that have um, done this. So, and I would say this is kind of a firsthand account for you. I mean, I, mean, I guess it is. Yeah. I you mean, know, it is. I mean, you kind of rode the train with me. I, you're, and right. you're on the fam, the home, the family train, friend. You're right. I suppose it is. I know. I know. I know. I know. You know, but you know, you're right. We have gone through deal. I mean, having to deal with a lot of the things that your sister went through together. So you're right. And this is, yeah. you know, more than I even think, I guess, as by really thinking yeah. about it. It's, yeah. Know. Well, and you're like my biggest therapist. Well, you know, I try, but you're not licensed. Let's I'm remember. not licensed and I don't play one on TV. But, <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh, funny. I have, I have some ideas yeah. occasionally here and there. You do good. You do good. So tell me about your sister. Okay. So my sister was six years older than me um, and grew up in our wonderful hippie mountain family. Mm-hmm. And she, um, after my parents got divorced when I was about six, she chose to move in and live with my dad around 13, I think. Um, before then she went to the same elementary school that we did. Uh, she was in sixth grade, I think when we started king, uh, kindergarten mm-hmm. yeah. and she did, I think she went to our high school for maybe a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a very free spirit mm-hmm. and not really into being confined into <laughs> certain, yeah. certain rules and whatnot. And so she, you know, she, not that she caused a lot of trouble in high school, but um, it just wasn't for her, mm-hmm. um, the schools that we went to. So, um, so she lived with my dad, downtown Evergreen. And um, she, um, she was very much into vitamins and health mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so for a couple of years, she worked, well, for quite a few years, she worked at, Um, the vitamin cottage in Denver, and then also a little vitamin shop in Evergreen. And she was so knowledgeable. My God, she had done so much research and was knowledgeable, knowledgeable. And um, she was a lot of fun to listen to about that stuff. Um, She had three sweet babies. And I always say that she still does. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're wonderful people. And two of them were born on my birthday. (laughs) <laughs> two years apart and at first when the first one was born I was so mad at my sister like thanks a lot for taking away my birthday like by giving somebody else some you know spotlight on my birthday I was totally selfish that was funny so <laughs> and my man she knows my niece knows about it now but um so we joke about it but anyway best two birthday presents I could have ever got and yeah. and she gave those to me so uh, she took her life when she at 43 and that was six years ago. So can't believe it. It's been six years. It's yeah. Crazy. How time goes by. Very. So what do you, let's go back and, and how did you find out what happened on that day? Yeah. Um, let's see here. So it was kind of a buildup. There was like a week before then that things were um, just kind of building and building um, some tension and some drama and um, 
I found out. So I woke up probably six in the morning to, to feed my little boy. And I had had all these missed calls from my mom. So I tried to call her back and her phone was dead. And so I called my dad right away and I said, Hey, do you something going on? You know, my mom called and um, he said he didn't know. And I was on the phone with him and looked out the front door and there was uh, two police officers walking up to the house, mm-hmm. which is always a bad oh, sign. It's a bad sign <laughs> in every situation. So um, they came in and they, I think it was actually one police officer and one counselor. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And I have to say that I bless those poor people's hearts that have to go do this. Um, I can't imagine. And I was so thankful that they were so patient with me and, and stood there with me and told me about it, um, that she had passed and we didn't have any details at that time. Um, so I just remember just being in shock Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably about when I called you. And that is, and So I was actually on a family vacation in Florida with our one-year-old. And I get this call. It's eight o'clock in Florida. So it's six o'clock in uh, Colorado. And I'm like, and I I think I missed the first time you called. And and then I looked at him like, it's six o'clock there. Why is she calling me at six (laughs) o'clock? I'm on vacation, but it's weird. And so I'm like, wait a second. I knew I had to call her back. So I called her back and she I'm sure you were bawling and crying and you told me what happened, what you knew at the time. And boy, did I just feel like horrible. And I mean, obviously I felt horrible, but I was on vacation. So I'm like, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't be with you. I felt so guilty. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? I just couldn't do anything. I think we had probably, I don't know how many more days, three more days of a vacation or something, but man, that was just horrible. It was horrible not being able to go to you and be with you during this terrible, terrible time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was awful. Um, I remember, so then um, I had to call my uh, former brother-in-law because the kids were there at his house. And so I called him and I told him. And of course he was extremely upset. He was distraught. Mm -hmm. And I said, I will be there and I want to tell the kids. And so I got in the car And I called my other friend, Tracy, who lives in Montana, and Mm -hmm. she was um, at a prayer conference, a woman's prayer conference. And um, her and her mom, they, you know, um, right away went up and and said, hey, we got a situation we need to pray for. I don't remember you telling me that. Yeah. I don't know if I did. I don't know if you did either. I don't remember. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. And I do believe that that was what gave me strength. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I arrived at my brother-in-law's house and the kids were kind of still in bed. And so he went and got the kids and brought them into the living room. And I remember just looking up at the through window um, at his house in the living room, looking up at through window at the sky and saying, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm not sure how I can. And um, I don't even know what I said. The rest of it was a blank except for a lot of tears. So um, it was awful. That was questions right away or did they just. uh, No, nobody had questions. We were having questions. I, at the time, I mean, I kind of thought, I don't know. I was like, what happened? You know, did you not even know then? I had no idea. 
did they just tell you she passed away or did yeah, they, they did they couldn't give any information they couldn't, oh I thought maybe you knew at the time like what had happened but they didn't even tell you that oh yeah, wow I know and I kept trying to call my mom but she shut her phone off um so I, I didn't have any details she actually got the call um in the middle of the night um and that's why she had been calling me of course I have my phone off yeah. and um missed all those calls so she she was probably the first person to know in the family. Um, and yeah, we had no idea what was going on. Um, I called to her best friend and her and her husband, um, immediately, we all decided to go to my dad's house and talk to him. Did he already know? He must he already know. know. Yeah. I called him from when I was there at my okay. house and okay. when the police came up, I had him on the phone while they told me. And so I told wow. him. Okay. So he could kind of hear. And uh, um, it's really interesting when somebody passes away because the rest of your life is, when you look back at your life, it's before this happened mm. and after this happened. It's like a big timeline yeah. event. Totally. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was the hardest moment of my life, having to talk to those babies. I cannot even imagine. I yeah. You were so brave and strong. I've always thought that of you since that, since all of this, through all of this. Um, but what do you think contributed? Why do you think this happened to your sister? Why did she do this? So there was a long history of like addiction mm. and um, she was a wild person um, <laughs> in yeah. some good ways. And then in some like yeah. kind of uh, destructive ways, I would say, right. um, you know, and I think that there were, there's, we have a history in our family of um, alcoholism mm -hmm. and mental illness. And I think that it was something that she could never get away from once she got into. Mm -mm. I don't think she can. I mean, when you put those things together, if you're not wanting to on your own realizing it, then I think it's just, you're kind of stuck mm -hmm. in those ways. And that's all, you know, I know. Yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think it's, it was interesting when I was a kid growing up um, and she wasn't living with us, there was troubles back then too, yeah. with kind of some alcoholism or whatever. And um, I remember watching a PBS after school special and it was about sisters, these two sisters and their family and um, one of the, the older of the sisters started to go down kind of the same path mm -hmm. and was in treatment centers and, and whatnot. And I think was able to get help towards the end. But, um, I remember having such a fear all the way back then that something would happen to my sister. Um, and that haunted me. And it haunts me now to the day, like just that moment of watching that stupid PBS after school right. special. Well, I don't think, I don't think you told me about that. Right. I when I was I mean, like 13, 12, yeah. 13, you know, and how uh, profound that would be in my life. Right. Like you would, yeah, that really stuck with you because you kind of had a premonition. It's not like you had a premonition. Yeah. Right. Something kinda. could happen or, you know, kind of, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. But um, I do remember like talking during all this time, especially I think when we were in our 20 I guess we were in our 20s or 30s and we, we would talk about your sister would go through these really hard periods of time when we knew she was 
you know, drinking a lot or using drugs or whatever. And we would be like, she's going to, something's going to happen to her if she mm-hmm. doesn't get help. And I remember many, many conversations with you like, she's got to get help. And we like, didn't, there's nothing, we couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, we wanted to, but she didn't want to help herself. And she mm-hmm. was like, it was just like, we felt bad for the kids. And I just remember always talking to you about that, like wanting to help but not knowing what we could do. And it was just like, we're like, if she doesn't get help, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And look, you know, whatever, how many years later, something did happen. Caught up. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hard. I remember, I think we even did an intervention, my parents and I, mm-hmm. um, and I think her, her ex, the five of us did an intervention with the therapist mm-hmm. and I, she was just not ready to face it. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, you know, and several times I was like, you know, God, don't leave me. You can't leave me. Yeah. And she'd be like, no, I'm not going to leave you, you know, whatever. Um, so there was a lot of correspondence. We wrote letters yeah. to each other quite a bit. And, um, yeah, I just kind of like, you can't leave me alone to, you know, take care of our parents. And, right. you know, she assured me that she wouldn't. Um, but, you know, in her, when she was clear headed, golly, she was the coolest person. Oh, very cool. Wonderful, um, happy, funny, loving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when she wasn't clear headed, uh, things were bad, bad. I mean, you knew. And do you think that she would, she never like admitted that she had a problem or did she, would she just say, I'm fine or I don't need help? Or what would she say? What if you said something to her? She'd hide it. Hide it. Like she never like, she never like admitted that she was still doing it. It was kind of like a lot of uh, shame. You know, she was, mm-hmm. she was very shamed and felt very bad. Okay. But I think that she um, hid that she was still drinking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, that she was fine. Yeah. That she was, you know, fine. That she was fine. I remember, I mean, this is a memory I have that hopefully it's okay that I say this, but at your wedding, mm-hmm. I oh. your yeah, I mean, we knew that she had, I mean, she was just, she was sweet and that was great that she was in your wedding, but then we knew she had gone a little overboard with her drinking and it was just, yeah. it was sad for me to see Yeah. that. I mean, we knew that's what, what was happening with her, but it was just sad to see that I feel, and I feel like she, you know, how old was she? I mean, how old was she then? And then, oh boy, good luck. You're the math person. I'm the math person. How old were you? We've been married 12 years almost. And then. How old were you when you got married? Like 31? Six years. 31. So she was like 37. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, she, even back then. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) She, um. Yeah, it's like it just kind of even escalated from there. I mean, I guess it already was. It probably already was pretty bad, but it just seemed like it, you know. And if, if you know, uh, side note that uh, the wedding, if anybody wants more of a description of what happened, you can go back to that movie with Sandra Bullock. I think it was like 28 days or something, and oh. she was in um, rehab. But yeah. there was something that happened at her sister's wedding. Gosh, Again, another thing that I watched um, before oh, everything God. happened, and I was like, you know, anyway. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, so, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's just hard to see people like do that to themselves and not really, I don't, she didn't realize how bad it was. I feel no, like. no, I don't think so. And, and when you're, when you're 
um, when your brain is that clouded by mm. a lot of different things, um, you don't see how other people are being destroyed by, by your actions, right, and by, exactly. um, what they see and how they feel. Um, and I think that, you know, I think it, that if she, I don't think she meant to hurt anybody. She just, no, I mean, no, she was just, I mean, the illness took over and, mm-hmm. you know, by then it's not even, not even thinking really. It's yeah, just, it, it wasn't, yeah, it, exactly. It was unconscious. You know, I don't think You're that she was not clear headed. Or you're so, you may feel sad or something, but then you're just doing something. You don't want the pain and you're just like, mm-hmm. you're not thinking about yourself or anybody else. Yeah. That's what I feel like that's what happened with her. Yep. Absolutely. Like she didn't know what she was doing and yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Um, so what things have helped you kind of get through this, get on moving on forward with your life as you we all have to do that, have to go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will tell you, so right after my sister passed away, um, actually that day or that night that we found out, my dad had um, a seizure, the first mm-hmm. of many seizures, but we didn't find out that it was seizures until eight months later, I think. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I was very distracted with kind of taking care of his help, his health. And um, very distracted, taking care of the kids and, mm-hmm. you know, worrying about their health right. and how they're processing things. And, um, but I think there was one time when I was at the, ho- the doctor's office with my dad and he was talking to the doctor about kind of his health and what was going on with his life. And he said, um, you know, he introduced me, this is my daughter, Brooke. Um, and my other daughter recently took her life and I was like, you know, I think that I didn't know how to talk about it at that time. And hearing that must've been like, like shocking kind of. Oh yeah, absolutely shocking. And also like a relief that somebody has said it, somebody said it out loud, you know, and I always remember that. And that's how I kind of like put it when somebody asks me if I have siblings, um, you know, that's interesting. That's interesting. You say that because I think that's after you died, after you died, after your sister died, (laughs) um, I was having a hard time telling like people that I knew if somebody like they knew your sister had passed away. But I like didn't I didn't know if I should say oh she took her own life I didn't know what to right. say right yeah you like oh well she took her own life I just wanted to, I didn't want to like say it out loud either and I don't know if that's just because maybe there's a stigma or you feel like oh, oh yeah well there's a stigma that's like worse like I didn't want people I think bad about you because you're right. so weird or her like, yeah her family or kids or whatever or whatever I just remember I had a hard time telling. It's like, I don't know, just, yeah, people would be like, you know, then I would have to be like, you know, well, I would have to say it like, kind of like, I was like, scared yeah. to say it. It was, it was interesting, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that is probably hard for a lot of people to have to say that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it was so uncomfortable, like, well, like I said earlier, it's kind of like you're the social pariah. Yeah. And the, the big topic at the, the funeral, um, which is a crazy, I guess, you know, people who are younger who pass have crazy huge funerals and hers is a really big, big funeral. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I could tell people were wondering and, um, people know at the funeral or did not people, some people didn't know. 
some people probably didn't know, but I know there was like talk, yes. like, oh, well, what, what the heck happened? You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was weird. So that was one thing that helped me was, you know, my dad talking, talking to him and therapy. I think I was seeing a therapist at the time. Um, mm. but I never did like a trauma therapy and I might do something like that. Um, and grief ta- trauma or grief. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be interesting to see what you could get out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's something that's like deep down in you that you haven't processed that might help with something today. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anger. I have a lot of anger. Yeah. I bet you do have a lot of anger with that and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to talk to her sometimes. Yeah. Like, why did you leave me alone? Yeah, I bet. And I, you know? I just, this is another memory. Well, it's not a memory. It's something that my mom and I talked to some, when all this was going on in the few years after that, we talked about how good, like you almost stepped up to be a, almost like a second mother to those kids. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, it was like, we thought, man, she is so brave. And I mean, you did what you had to do, but man, yeah, we always talked about how we, you know, you, you were just wonderful to do that and to oh, be there for those kids that. because I don't even know how those, I don't even know. I can't even imagine I know what those kids went through and are still probably going through. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. It's, you know, I think for all of us, the rest of our lives will be that will be something we carry. We can never get over it. It's something that we're going to have to carry. That's something we're going to have to explain um, and look back at and process at every different, you know, uh, developmental level in our lives, you know? So. um, Yeah. It's just, I hope those kids have, I mean, I don't know if those kids have gotten a lot of good therapy oh I don't know but um I do remember like before when Doug and I were dating um just dating we weren't married I said hey man I already got three kids like (laughs) you either acknowledge that or you don't like they're my babies too (laughs) I was there when they were born actually I was only there for one of the births but I was there the moments you know that they were born and I will be in their lives and they'll be in my life forever right so um they've always been just my heart oh no you're so good with them and they're they're so lucky to have you yeah i hope so hope i do a good job no you do you do a fantastic job i mean yeah it's hard i don't i don't know how you do it but anyway why don't you just um tell me some of the good memories that you have Mm mm-hmm your sister so yeah well both well she was in your life since you were born too um yeah I have some great funny memories too um she always seemed like the cool um older sister you know (laughs) (laughs) when she went there and I would go to your house and she had a cool room that was all decorated with fancy posters and I would be a little scared to go in there when she was not there because I thought, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. We went and peeked in her room. <laughs> she'll know. And she'll <laughs> no, chew us out. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. She was always so cool to me. Just oh, like, yeah. big, you know, cool and funny. And mm-hmm. the hair, the clothes, the, ma- the right. music and makeup. And I think she did our hair for like proms or oh, homecoming or something I don't know. like I just, that. I always remember that when I was around her, she always made me feel good, like good about myself. Oh, I love that. Like, like she was happy to see me. Like she cared. Yeah. Oh. It was like, I always felt like 
happy because she was so big and older and like why does this older girl care about me but she always did you yeah know. pay attention to you pay attention and we always remember always smiling and mm-hmm. yeah so there are definitely some great memories that I have oh my gosh I know she was so charismatic she, she was get right in there with people and and like hey guy hey what's you know how are you yeah. blah 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 what's your story and yeah. uh you know she was always such an inspiration um to me for that um, because sometimes I get a little bit shy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, no, um, she didn't worry about what others thought. I feel like she just could. Oh, yeah. She could be herself. Totally. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Like I'm 43 and now maybe I feel like I can. Be I know. Uh, seriously. Now I can. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Don't care about what anybody it's thinks. Hard. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> know, she seemed to be one that was like, yeah, she could just be herself, which was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, something else I feel bad. I didn't, um, at her funeral, I didn't have the words to say oh anything. Oh and I feel so stupid because the, <laughs> when I did say something, it was the dumbest thing in no. the world. Today. And I said, um, cause my sister was funny, hilarious. Was funny, yes. And one time, like recently before she passed, she was like, Brooke, <laughs> I get so irritated when people say raspberry, like it has a Z in it. Yeah, people do that. And she's like, it's raspberry. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> that is funny thing that like, care about, but that's funny. <laughs> it's so the silliest little things. And so, but that was the only thing that stuck in my head. <laughs> no, that's funny because that's just funny. But yeah, you did good. You're so good about doing speaking up. Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. I'm a really good eulogist if anybody needs one. (laughs) But one of the other things I was wishing that I had said at her funeral was that she saved my life three times. And I don't know if you, if I've ever told you this story. No. So when my mom was dating a guy, I think I was eight or nine, and um, he took us to New Mexico. Red River, New Mexico. I don't even, I don't know why I remember that part. But anyway, um, my sister and I and my mom and, and then this guy that she was dating. So anyway, there was an indoor pool okay. and somehow I was, we were swimming in there and stuff, just me and my sister, nobody else was in there. And um, I couldn't, um, I couldn't, um, I couldn't swim. And so I was oh, like yeah. going down and going down and like water mm-hmm. was in my, you know, whatever. And I was like coughing and coughing and she pulled me out. Um, but oh, in oh, thinking yeah. about it now, she also may have pushed me in. Well, she may. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second time we were at a neighbor's house and they had all these hard candies, circled hard candies. And we always got a hard candy when we were walking home. I don't know how old I was around then. That was probably six or seven. Mm-hmm. And um, around, so I had this candy in my mouth and I was, I must've like either choked on it and then stopped walking. And she was like, oh, come on. <laughs> or she noticed that I was choking. I have no idea, but she threw me over her shoulder. Oh my gosh. And it popped the candy Lord, out. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. So whether she knew it or, or not. No, no, that's cool. And then the third time was just kind of silly. We had a, a family um, drama with mm-hmm. some uh, physical violence mm-hmm. and she grabbed me and pulled me out of the situation. So 
um, saved my life three times. Yay. I know. So she was pretty wonderful and she has missed every single moment. Mm -hmm. And there are days I walk by the mirror and there she is. And that that's kind of weird to me sometimes because she's so we, we had so many of the same uh, mannerisms. Yes, you guys did. And the one person that always I will always think of your sister when I see this person or hear this person is Gwen Stefani. She is oh, yeah, totally she just reminds me so much of her sister and her way she dresses and how she is. So that's the one mm-hmm. when I see her on TV or hear her. I always think of your sister. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That that was her. Absolutely. Yeah. so um thank you all for listening um Mm -hmm. we appreciate it i know this was a hard one and when we'll go have some fun ones again i promise but i wanted to put out there um there is a suicide helpline it is 1-800-273-8255 we'll also put it in um, the comments if you know somebody who is struggling Uh, Or if you are a person who is struggling, please call that phone number. The counselors there are wonderful. The phone number is 800-273-8255. Or if you're more of a texter, you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. And there is always somebody there 24-7. So, and they're experienced and they can talk you through things. Um, So I just wanted to throw that one out there. Yes. What do you think? I think that's good. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time Bye. for a more uh, cheerful. Cheerful adventure. <laughs> Bye. Bye.